Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 35. After he had finished all his sayings and the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent him to the elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servants. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation. He is the one who built our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. And he was when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. The disciples of John reported all these things to him, and John, calling two of his disciples, sent to him, sent sent him sent them to the lord saying are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another and when the men had come to him they said john the baptist has sent us to you saying are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another in that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits and on many who were blind he bestowed sight and he answered them go and tell john what you've seen and heard the blind receive their sight the lame walk Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them, and the bless, and blessed is the one who's not offended by me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of woman, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. 
to what then shall I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not weep. For, the, for John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine. And you say, he has a demon. The son of man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So we have a few, you know, we have a couple interesting mm-hmm. stories, the centurion's servant and the widow's son. And, you know, I think it's really interesting, the two healings that are counted here. Mm-hmm. One is for a non-Israelite, it's for a Gentile. Mm-hmm. The other is for a widow. And then we have this, this interesting, you know, encounter and passage about John the Baptist, which, uh, you know, we, we will try our best to handle, but D.A. Carson, <laughs> a couple months ago, Christ Covenant, he uh, he did a amazing job uh, preaching this text to us. And so, uh, Brad, what are your what are your thoughts? You know, moving into this chapter seven. Well, once again, we see the diversity of of people that Jesus is reaching, and just the breadth of the gospel is to go mm-hmm. to everyone and. Mm-hmm. So here we see a Roman centurion. But I find it interesting we also see in this passage the continuing trend of kind of the, the Jewish perspective still that existed, mm-hmm. even though they, they're praising the centurion in this passage, but their focus is on mainly what he's done for them in the sense of um, yeah building the, the, the synagogue. Yeah, and, yeah. and so they helped him, which is good. I mean, that's good that they're doing it. But, but the real, you know, that seems to be where their focus is. Like he did this for us. So, Hey, you know, we, we want you to heal. Um, is his son, right? Yeah. yeah. Heal the servant. Sorry. And, but what we see is, is the reality of like the, the, one of the things that we would say is, is important to notice about the centurion is his humility and the sense of his unworthiness, right. Mm-hmm. To receive this. Yeah. And so it's, it made me go back to like those preconditions for anyone to like receive, to understand the gospel and to receive the Christian faith and believe is a, a f- the first step is realizing mm-hmm. that we are unworthy mm-hmm. and that we are in sin and we need a rescue. Yeah, And absolutely. so we have to know who we are and then we have to know who Christ is. And so I think the centurion sees both here. Mm-hmm. He sees Jesus, the ability to do this, we wouldn't have... <laughs> Yeah, you know, and he also knows who he is, and so I think we see the prerequisites for mm-hmm. someone coming to a, a true faith. In, mm-hmm. And then Jesus says at the end, which is, I think he only says this like one time to a, yeah, <laughs> to someone who's not a, you know, he's it's a Gentile, right? I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I we we read a story a few days ago. Jesus cleanses a leper. A leper comes and falls down before him says lord if you can or sorry if you will you can make me clean and uh it's you see so much faith in that statement Mm -hmm. if you will you can you know and and so it's not like god can you do this for me like can you it's like i i know who you are i know the power that you have and will you do this like it's desperation and 
we see a very similar, you know, disposition disposition in this centurion who, uh, you know, he, he knows exactly who the Lord is with more clarity and more faith than really anyone in Israel and in Jesus own words. And, you know, it's even interesting, like there's this degree of certainty in the centurion. And then we move sort of back to the Israelites and Jesus heals this widow's son. And it's interesting because there, there's so much more like shock in, in the Israelite crowd that, that, you know, they're, there's not this like staunch certainty that the that the centurion um, approaches with, and then when Jesus heals them or heals the son, they begin to proclaim, you know, a prophet is here, and they're kind of missing the point. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, this is like Elijah, and that's something that we're gonna watch really unfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what were your thoughts on sort of that story and how it dovetails off of the centurion story? Well, is also you're you're seeing the different degrees of you know, Jesus, I guess the centurion's servant was close to death. So mm-hmm. it was like more of a, I guess, a healing. Sure. Yeah. Which, and so here we have a resurrection. He's <laughs> dead. Yeah. And so, and I guess, you know, culturally, again, back to the ritual view of clean and unclean to touch a, a coffin or a dead body would have been seen as. Yeah. So that's another thing. So we're seeing Jesus's touch. And this is one of these illustrations in Luke of like, how does the gospel like show up? Yeah. Like willingness to go to, you know, he's touching, right? It's like, yeah. you're there. It's not just a, a theory, but like it's on the ground, there's ministry, there's, there's presence. And I think you see that. And, um, and again, he deals with this old Testament ceremonial topic. Like he, again, he, he, he's, he's saying mercy is greater than sacrifice, than sacrifice. Like, mm. I, I'm going to touch this. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Or the, the new has come. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. And I guess this, yeah, this, I think this points to the, um, the new heavens and new earth. I think it points to the resurrection. I think yeah. it's the already not, it's the, it's the not yet again, he's showing a miracle of what mm-hmm. will happen. Yeah, and that's what's so amazing about when Jesus, like, he he reaches out to touch a leper to cleanse him or, or a dead mm-hmm. person. What, what the the religious leaders and and everyone would would never come into contact with, and the the shame and uncleanliness they would never come into contact with, Jesus does, and instead of the uncleanliness, the unworthiness spreading to him, his power, his grace, his worthiness. Uh, it spreads to mm-hmm. the person. And so it speaks to the power of Jesus and the holiness of Jesus, but it also speaks to his kindness that, you know, and, and just applying that to ourselves, that the the things that we carry that, you know, we are are fearful of, you know, and, and that we uh, we draw great shame from, that, you know, Jesus, the friend that he is, the the, the good shepherd that he is, uh, he draws near to those things, and so really is so powerful. And so, one of the things you said, Elijah, a minute ago, like it, as I recall, like Elijah had to do something two, two or three times mm-hmm. to raise the yeah, yeah. Where Jesus issued a command, so yeah, you know, you know that that phrase we use a lot, like Jesus is the new and better, yeah, Old Testament character. Yeah, I think you that re- might. I don't know if I'm reading too much into that. No, but like, no, but like Jesus. 
because they're mentioning Elijah and it's a very similar story. Yeah. About the widow's son. I just thought that was an interesting yeah. you said Elijah. No, interesting that's, uh, connection. That's there. very true. And you know, we have like the the signs and wonders of Elijah mm-hmm. uh recorded, but you know, I love John says at the end of his gospel, I believe, um, you know, he's like, If if these are just the mm-hmm. the miracles and healings I've told you, but if they were all if all the works of Jesus yeah. were recorded, you know, the the whole earth could not <laughs> the contain books them. could not get there yeah. whatever it is yeah all the books of earth it's, it's just like this awesome breathtaking exactly. sentence so then we're moving mm-hmm. on to John the Baptist and mm-hmm. honestly like I really would commend the uh, the D A Carson sermon to press deeper into this like it was so good and uh, on our podcast the sermons at Christ Covenant podcast it's it's called Are You Greater um, than I think it's called Are You Greater than David and Isaiah mm-hmm. um. But uh, it, it's he he basically presses into you know so John he sends these messengers and you know we we've, we've talked about how awesome John is you know from earlier in the book but clearly like John he's not perfect and he's not divine and he he is kind of trying to figure out what's going on so he sends you know these messengers and I love you know Jesus he never is one to give a straight answer and so rather than saying yes I'm the Messiah he he turns and he just heals a ton of people and preaches and, you know, he, he does his thing and then is like, go tell John what you saw, which is just so cool. <laughs> it's, it's, a uh, it's such a, such an awesome moment. And then he turns and he speaks about John. And I love this paradox in verse 28 among those born of woman, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. That is so mind bending and and yeah um you know we can get into a little bit of what da carson said but what what are your thoughts on this passage um i, I kind of got stuck on the passage like and blessed is the one who's not offended by me mm. and so i was starting thinking how can we apply like so john and, and jesus was very careful to build him back up in the next section yeah because, but he, he actually it's almost like he's saying that John, you know, John was doubting because he expected something different, right? Yeah, yeah. Because of the Romans were doing what they were doing, and he was John was in prison. Perhaps that <laughs> influenced. You know, he's yeah. not doing great at the moment, right? And yeah, so yeah. the applic. I was just thinking, how do I apply that? And like, we we have expectations sometimes for what, and some of us deal with different things, but we can we can blend our view of Christianity, like our faith, with like political outcomes mm-hmm. right and you know successful our marriage needs to be x y and z our kids mm-hmm. need to be whatever like there's this sort of if 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 god was real if jesus loved me or whatever if this was like if this christianity stuff is is real like these outcomes would be happening mm-hmm. like so i think we can we get we got to be careful how we look at we're all susceptible to like blending Mm. our faith with these other ex- expectations of what the Christian faith should, should bring us like, yeah. Yeah. And so I just thought that was maybe an application. No, it is the it, doubting that John was. Yeah. And the gospel is offensive. You know, there, the Bible talks about the offense of the cross. Um, and, and it is offensive because it's saying you are so sinful and broken that you could never do anything to save yourself <laughs> or to change your mm-hmm. state. Like that's like the basic mm-hmm. message of the gospel. And yet if we can swallow that pill, if we will not be offended by that, mm-hmm. then the the blessing, you know, blesses the one who's not offended, 
the blessing is all the riches of heaven are yours in Jesus. And so the blessing far outweighs the offense, but so many people get hung up on the offense that they, that they can't, you know, come to terms with Jesus because of, of that word. And, and so, and, and that brings us, you know, to the, the clarity of the gospel and who Jesus is, which, you know, as D.A. Ca- Carson taught, you know, he basically was saying, you as a new covenant believer, you know, who, who's greater than John the Baptist? Who's greater mm. than the prophets? Mm. Who's greater than David? Well, you are because you know, you know, the death and resurrection of Christ, you know, the gospel of God's kingdom with a clarity that even John the Baptist didn't know. And that, that is powerful. It is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any, any thoughts on that as we kind of wrap up? Well, that, that, I think just when I first sort of grasped that, I I never really thought about it that way. Like life's Mm. passages, I've just kind of read over. But just, you know, how am I, the question I ask is, you know, myself is how do I, how do I steward that? It was just provided some just fuel, mm-hmm. recognizing what a privilege we are totally. on the other side of Christ's first coming and totally. the mission he's given us. And, and uh, I guess the other thing that I took away from this passage before, you know, closing is like just the, just that I wouldn't have the spirit like at the end of the passage where this, no matter what, like John was kind of an ascetic, like he would go and pray and fast. And they were criticizing mm-hmm. him for, mm-hmm. you know, for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus was like eating and drinking. And yeah. He was sort of celebrating with, you know, and there were people were criticizing him mm-hmm. for that. And like, are we the kind of people who are always looking for something mm to tear you know, you know what i mean like yeah, where's yeah. our disposition like yeah as a church member like even like i'm trying to think where is there just practical ways that our hearts are like yeah if only that sermon would be more you know less intellectual or more intellectual or mm-hmm. the music whatever it might be like yeah or well i, I you think you know whatever we yeah. always have these we have these preferences right and so yeah just being able to like not always look for totally what's wrong anyway. and you see that on a church level like you know I, i've kind of we've both been around christ covenant like i um interned with the church uh back in sutton days and you know like i've uh sort of been around for a while and it's funny because like as a church kind of grows and i don't want to get into like you know just idle talk but there's sort of this like, oh, like we should be doing more and we should, you know, we, we want this to grow. And, you know, like there's sort of that energy. And then as things grow and more happens, it's like, then it's like, you know, this is too, like we're, we should stop growing and we, we should start, you know, we should be more simple. And, and it's like, there's like this always grass, the grass is always greener sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, and, and, that speaks to this theme that we see a ton in the Psalms and, and in the Proverbs, which is scoffing. And, and mm-hmm. it's it's cynicism. It's, you know, do not sit in the seat of scoffers, Psalm 1. And so really what we see here is that our bend towards cynicism, our bend towards criticism can actually rob us of, of partaking in exactly. communion with Christ. And so it is a great word of warning. And, it seems like uh, that's a theme in many of these yeah. Luke passages. Absolutely. Not not really living the the with the joy of mm-hmm. that Christ, the life giving 
way of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So great word from Luke 7, and we're going to continue the gospel of Luke tomorrow. So for Brad Smith, this is Will Carl. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.